Let us pray. God, grant us a quiet heart in the midst of the subtle war that we might recognize both war and victor. Amen. The season of Epiphany began with the baptism of Jesus. At the waters of the Jordan, we saw the identity of Jesus revealed. The heavens opened and the Spirit descended on him in the form of a dove. And from heaven, God the Father said, You are my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Epiphany closed with the Father's voice on the Mount of Transfiguration saying, This is my Son, in whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. And now we are in Lent. Our text has another voice in it. The voice in the desert of temptation and testing was the voice from the pit. The devil is sly and crafty. He knows that this one is the promised Messiah. If you are the Son of God, the tempter says, then change these stones into bread. Why not use your own needs to govern who you are and what you should do in your life? You see, all the devil needed to do was to get one little slip-up from Jesus. If the evil one attacked Jesus, then you should not expect to go through life on a bed of ease. The disciple is not above the master. Arm yourself for conflict. You are engaged in spiritual warfare. Every believer in Jesus Christ is on the devil's radar screen. He wants to attack you and he tries to destroy you. He would love to neutralize your spiritual strength and your witness to Christ. And so we are not immature or unaware of the dangers that are all around us. We have weapons of warfare for the right hand and for the left, the law and the gospel. In warfare, it's very, very important not only to be armed, but to know your enemy. The spiritual enemy has a definite strategy and a mission to accomplish. The evil one wants to destroy your soul. He aims to separate you from God's love and mercy. The devil has a temptation strategy. First of all, he would like to convince you through his mouthpieces in the world that he doesn't even exist. Now that's a great strategy. In modern warfare, it's called stealth strategy. And you know, it seems to be working in the church. Most recent uh, Lutheran Witness has an article about whatever happened to sin. And in that article, it references the Barna Group, who takes surveys of attitudes and beliefs. And that Barna Group reports that four out of 10 Christians strongly agree that Satan is not a living being. Some in their great learning want to confess Jesus but deny the devil. The only problem is the same Bible that they refer to references both and testifies to both, Jesus and the devil. Can you think of a better deception than to convince the teachers of the church 
that God's word must be mistaken when it talks about the spiritual reality of a fallen angel by the name of Satan, the true devil who's active in the world. All you need to do is go to your local bookstore or newsstand and see all of the ways that his lies are perpetrated in the world. If he doesn't exist, then we don't need to be on our guard against all of his deceitful schemes that aim to destroy Christian faith by calling fundamental truths into question to make you doubt. If the devil myth tactic doesn't work on you who believe the Bible, then he tries to twist the word of God just a little off of the truth. Our first parents heard the twisting of the word of God with the words, did God really say? To be like God is pretty attractive. You can call your own shots. And you know, he uses the same kind of tactics today. He tries to look like the good guy. He tries to come off like he's your buddy, twisting the word of God and kind of minimizing God's word. Jesus says that he is the father of all lies and he, he has been a murderer from the beginning. The evil one would love to lead you to find your identity, your security, and your meaning apart from your relationship with your creator. It's called idolatry. His temptations test you and are meant you to lead you into idolatry, setting up something else besides the one true God. Most of the time, it's yourself as God. He wants you, the devil does, to love and trust and worship something or someone else rather than the one true God. Now he who taught us to pray, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one, was subject to testing and trials. The Gospels tell us that Jesus was tempted by the devil. Now we get so familiar with these passages of scripture. Every year, the temptation of Jesus is the first Sunday of Lent. We focus on that. But we, we miss the shocking message there. It says there that the Holy Spirit is the one who led him into the desert to be tempted by the devil. He was doing the will of God and he was attacked and tempted by the devil. That contest in the wilderness was a struggle for you and for me and for all of humanity. The first Adam failed the test by sinning and brought death and destruction and separation from God on humanity. The second Adam, the sinless one, fought and won the victory in the contest against the evil one, and in him is created a brand new humanity in himself. Jesus, according to the, his human nature, anointed with the power of the Holy Spirit, endured and overcame the tempting assaults of the evil one. As true man, Jesus was hungry. The basic temptation here was not merely to perform a miracle to feed himself with the bread made from stones. It was to try and create in Jesus a, a doubt about the Father's will in his life and God's promise to care for his every need. Jesus won the contest in the desert where the children of Israel failed. Remember, 
They grumbled against God when God's manna from heaven was not good enough. They failed to see that life comes from God's word, not from bread. On the pinnacle of the temple, the identity of Jesus is challenged and the word of God is twisted. Nothing new here. If you are the Son of God, then throw yourself down, for God has promised to protect you and to keep you. Psalm 91, chapter and verse, he can quote it. The temple symbolic for God's presence this is the very place where God is worshipped and glorified, is the place where protection is guaranteed. Satan wants Jesus to put God's promises to the test. And the third temptation is after the evil one shows him all the glory of the kingdoms of the world. All this can be yours, Jesus, if you are willing to forego that, you know, that nasty path, that way of suffering and shame and, and then death on a cross. It's a temptation to achieve power and glory by submitting to him who is a usurper of all authority. He didn't have it to offer. He's just a, usur a usurper of that authority. All you need do, Jesus, is bow down. Just one little shortcut. J just take the easy way. That's the way to go. A simple act of worship is all that's required. Forget to worship God and him alone. Let your identity and security and meaning be wrapped up in the things of this world and the glories that it has to offer. It's power, but not in the love of God, first and above all things. Well, the devil has his strategy. Jesus has a temptation strategy as well. He knew who he was. He knew his security was in his relationship with his father. And he knew true meaning in life was found in worshiping him alone and doing God's will to the glory of the Father's name. Notice, Jesus did not focus on his experience. He did not set forth that he was a good Jew or that he was of the right religious association. No, he did not do that. He did not use the theologian's systematic or philosophic argument to make a point, to try to take on the devil. He said in each temptation, it is written. It is written. Man shall not live on bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. It is written. You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. It is written. Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. You see, Jesus used the written word of God to do battle with the evil one. And then he dismissed him, be gone, and Satan left him. And we see in the gospel testimony that throughout the ministry of Jesus, we see the, the evil one coming back at him from different angles, always with the same strategy to divert Jesus from his course to avoid the cross. But thanks be to God, he finished the course. And having won the victory, for us by his perfect life, his innocent suffering and death and glorious resurrection, he received honor and glory and power from the Father. He lives and reigns eternally. Every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that he is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Our temptation strategy is first of all, to know our identity, our security and our meaning is in Christ.
We must not forget who we are in our baptism. We have been joined to Jesus Christ, yet we are still in the flesh. We are still living in this world. We still have flesh on bone. Every day, then, we are engaged in spiritual warfare. We know the enemy. We have the devil, the world, and our own sinful appetites and desires that work against us. And we are not unaware of the strategy of the evil one. He knows which buttons to push with each one of you and with me. He knows how to manipulate us in order to divert our attention from seeking our identity and our meaning and our security in Christ alone. His avenue of attack, of course, is through thoughts and desires. Those with great gifts have in those gifts also the avenue of attack by the evil one to direct us to take pride in and depend on ourselves. We know in whom and by what we have the victory. We have victory in Jesus. We have the weapons of warfare, his word and prayer. We have confession and absolution when we fall. We should not be surprised if we find out that, oh, I've sinned. We should, when we get the attack of the evil one, we should direct him to the cross and say, you can talk to the one who died there for me. We have the supper, the body and blood of Christ. Every day, you and I are in this spiritual warfare, and we need these weapons of warfare. However, you cannot expect to win the war or win the battles that come against you unless you train to fight. We train by opening the Word of God. Then you will be able to discern the avenue of attack against you. When I was with a Marine Infantry Battalion, the platoon leaders and the junior officers had this little saying, and it's so true. As you train, so will you fight. When training is tough, it makes you stronger for the battle. So I ask you, is the use of God's word daily an option? Is daily chapel attendance optional? What better place to attack the church than a place like this? In military terms, this is a bottleneck. Concentrated ability to attack you. The place to concentrate all of the enemy, enemy's power against his church. When God builds a church, the, the devil builds a chapel right next to it taking that motto or that statement of Luther a little bit farther, maybe when God builds a seminary, he builds a Bible school next to it. <laughs> At this place, you are involved in formation, acquisition of theological knowledge to be able to confess the truth. However, you also be conformed to the image of Christ in the crucible of testing, of resisting, the assaults of Satan. He is concentrating his combat power right here. But God is here, and God puts boundaries around the, the attack of the evil one. In the mystery of God, God even allows temptations of the tempter to tempt you, not to destroy you, but to make you stronger. Peter tells us to be alert, be sober, be watchful, 
For your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of sufferings are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. And so we've sung the, the mighty fortress. Not with might of ours, but in Christ's strength, we too can overcome those assaults of the evil one. We use the word of God, the sword of the spirit, to ward off the assaults of the evil one. The battle comes at us in many subtle ways. Do not fall asleep. Be alert. Do not be deceived. Life in this world is one big test to prove your character, to pr prove what you love and whom you worship. Let us pray. Remind us daily, God, you are in charge. Father, you are greater than the devil, the world, and our sinful flesh. By your spirit, let your love and mercy, power and grace, make us victors in the victor, Christ. Amen. <laughs>